Okay? Okay. We're going live, so welcome back. This is going to be part four of a four-part series. We've got EJ from Freedom Faction. What's up? Hey, We've got honored J- to be here. Yep, JC and Adam from the Wayfinder Podcast. Welcome back, guys. This is part four of the four. Make sure that you go check out the other three. We're on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Instagram, all the good places. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Phenomenal conversation so far. This is the best series on uh, on consciousness, uh, spirituality, metaphysics, mysticism, the occult, declassified government documents on crazy shit that you will find anywhere on the internet. Period. And you guys are here catching it live. So we'll try not to let the phones distract us too much once we get going, which is going to be tough because we all have ADD like a mofo. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, and we're drinking vodka and monster. I didn't get my whiskey. That's tough. Do you need whiskey? I don't need, but you know, well, hold on, guys. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Get, get it. Go ahead. You got it. Well, okay. It's it's been introduced, so you know now we might uh, go ahead and get some whiskey. What we were gonna do with this fourth segment was talk about like solutions, creative change, different things that like the individual can do, and really looking at this like for the past, whoa, how many hours that we just did? It's right? about seven hours. About seven hours we did right there. You know, we we hit we hit everything we could, and I think that this is a good way to kind of. We've got to wrap it up. To wrap it up. Yeah, because all of the information, there's a lot of information out there. Yep. A lot of information that can be spooky, that it can be bothersome to people, and a lot of people can get wrapped up in all the negativity out there and all of the information. And so what we're going to do in this, in part four of four, is sort of outline some solutions as we see them and just have an open discussion about what you can do to implement change in your life that's going to be meaningful and helpful to you and the people within your sphere of influence. Because... I think everybody here, we all believe that change starts within and then it spirals out from there to to the community through your relationships and interactions and the experiences that those interactions create and then the new situations that happen and then you begin a new spiral. Yes. So all the information in the world is worthless if it doesn't have some practical application. So that's what this is about. Yes. This is part four. This is the practical application episode. Well, we, we had touched on it at the, at the start of it too. You know, we were looking over things like uh, Buddhism, Taoism and all these other different practices that are out there and how we like work these teachings into our life, how we slowly start to, like you were talking about with Carl Jung's uh, shadow work, how we look at the things that we think affect us and how we define ourselves, how we identify ourselves and how we have to basically get rid of those to redefine ourselves. And I think that's a lot of what the teachings and the practices and everything else that we're doing gets to. It gets to, well, why are you getting upset? Why are you getting triggered? Why are you attaching yourself to this? Yeah. And a lot of people don't take that that step back and find that perspective. That's it. So what, oh, oh, what will done? <laughs> Thank there you, you JC. Go. Damn, that looks good. Borderline Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's a lot of it's ice. Literally I his name is Jesus. He's, he's my Jesus. Hey, cheers. <laughs> cheers, you guys. I love you guys so much. This has been the best time. It really has. So... Let's just kick it off, and you guys have definitely got to go. Make sure that you subscribe to the to the Shamanic Philosophy YouTube channel, uh, or to the to the Wayfinder podcast on on iTunes and SoundCloud because the the, the previous three episodes were just were awesome. Um, so just to just dive in, the world is um, is what you make it. Yes, life is what you make it, and if we want to dwell on the negative, we can, but if we dwell on the positive, we're going to have a different experience than that. I just told him to go to your page because mine wants to be retarded. Yours is crashing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Send him over. That's fine. Yeah. We'll say hi. I'll I'll lay out the red carpet for all your people that come over and join. Guys, you're gonna love Adam. Well, thank you so much. What um, what I've found over the last couple two three years, girls too, is that 
is that implementing implementing a meaningful spiritual practice into your life is really is really a, a super helpful thing to do mm-hmm. you know and i struggle with that because it's hard to do the same things every day it's hard to have ritual in your life it's hard to have regiment because it, it it requires discipline right well and i think the the uh, right off the get-go right off the bat when you say that a lot of people are going to think to myself uh, think, think to themselves like i think to myself well i, I don't want to go to church or i i don't want to i don't want to convey some sort of religion because you say spirituality a lot of people immediately disconnect that yeah some sort of religious practice there's a fine line that you can walk between those two yes yeah you can create your own spiritual ritual your own culture your own way of having a spiritual so maybe we should define that so to because that's all religion means is religare to control I've heard that. I saw that. I don't know for sure if that's true, Latin. but is it Latin. okay? So, in my view, when I when I say it, right, and I don't like to just make up words or misappropriate words, but mm-hmm. to me, spirituality is very inward. You know, it's something that we we do our own spiritual thing. We have our own spiritual beliefs about all this the stuff we can't see. But to me, religion is the ritualistic implementation of those beliefs in your life. Yes, that's all I mean. When I say religion, it's a ritualistic implementation of your spiritual beliefs, you know, in your daily life. Sure. You know, and so it's almost like religion is to spirituality what exercise is to health. You know what I mean? Health is health. They're interchangeable. Well, well, it's not so much interchangeable. It's 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 the application of a practice. Yes. So health and fitness is 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 a condition. You're fit. You're healthy. But exercise is the application of those principles in your life. Yes. Does that make sense? And this is something that we we had talked on like all throughout the entirety of this is just yeah. like you think you don't you think that you don't need to be healthy, you think that you don't need to pray, that you don't need to take care of your body, but you need to do all those yeah, things. Yeah, you really want you really want to think that you can get away with it. We were trying to distill this down to like six different six things or, or five so, different things. Five, six, seven different things, and it's like medita- meditation, yoga, which is I think is separate from exercise. Yes. In my view. Meditation, yoga, exercise, proper diet, hydration which is separate from proper diet, I think. Mm. I struggle with that. What else? Hold on. Meditation, yoga, exercise, proper diet, hydration, and religious practice. Yes. Six things, I think. If you do those six things consistently, you will be happy and healthy in the long term. You'll be productive. You'll 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 accomplish the things in your own mind. You'll fulfill your, you know, your dharma. Mm-hmm. You know that, but if you if you think that you can slide without meditation because you're doing the other five, you're gonna see you're gonna see some slacks. You're in gonna some see some slacks in some places, and you're gonna you're gonna start feeling that tension where things aren't going quite as well as they could. And you'd be like, "Damn, what's wrong? I'm doing all these things," and it's very frustrating when you're doing five of the six. And it's very easy to go, "Ah, eh, I don't think I, I, I been, need that." I, I've been doing five of these six things really well, and just because I'm not doing that sixth thing, things aren't working out. So I'll stop doing those five things. It's yeah, real. It's easy. real easy. It's Fuck it. Really What's the point? Easy. I, I think oh, this isn't working out for me. I think people get to a point though, or is, it's good that people at least get to a point to where they realize they need those six things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think trying to achieve those six uh, archetypes of your life—that's where kind of people have this hesitation because it's like, oh well, that means I have to completely overhaul what I'm doing. It's like, yes, you do. But that's what we were talking about at the start of the show is the requirements for success, the requirements for happiness and the things that you have to do to move forward. 
you have to identify what is happening we, we talked, in order to get what what ha, what will what will happen yeah we, the what will happen is what to me is important right because i'm i, I when i made this connection uh, we talked about this yesterday at lunch it's like imagine you're applying for a job that you want right and they're like a you got to fucking show up on time you know what i mean b you have to be able to you know perform this certain task whether it's you know making 10 phone calls a day or lifting a box up onto the third shelf in the storage room whatever your tasks are you come into a job and when you apply for it you decide you want it you know that you have to do certain things to keep it and you do those things but we all have a we have a problem because we don't realize that these are the six things that you need yes to 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 be happy let's just say to be happy that's not the best way to put it but until we figure out something better, that'll be a good placeholder yeah. <laughs> to be happy. Like the six keys to happiness or whatever, you know, to, to maximal fulfillment in life. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, because so many things spawn off from that. If you're meditating, then you're going to be mindful. You're going to implement mindful practices in life. You're going to make mindful decisions in life. You're not going to make decisions from an off balance standpoint. So a lot of things, a lot of things spiral out from that, that, that might, that practice of, of meditation. Yoga is the same kind of thing. You start doing a lot of yoga, you get really nice and flexible. Your brain gets really focused. You get really in touch with your body. You start to understand, you know, you perceive reality different whenever your yoga practice is in place. And then you start going, man, I, I want to work on my strength and I want to yep. really strengthen things. And then you want to go grab some weights and you want to do some cardio. Right? I'll, be, so, I'll be the first to admit, you know, I started working out heavily, going to the gym at least like five times a week back in April of 2018. And boo, dude. The amount of work that I feel like I can I can take care of now is beyond me. I laugh at like the the half the half ass attempt I was doing beforehand, but it wasn't half ass attempt. I was operating at my maximum output because that's the maximum output that I was giving to myself. Yeah, does I, that I, make sense? I can speak on that. Um, when when I was in the service, I was working uh, a station in Korea, my first my first deployment duty station, and we were working twelve hour days, six days a week. Damn, hard work. Damn. Hard work. Didn't have a car. Walked two miles to work. Walked two miles home after a 12-hour day. And I felt like I was physically as about as fit as I could possibly be. Last four months I was there, I was getting ready to get home. I had made a lot of brothers and a lot of friends. Right. And they dragged me into the gym, and it was six days a week, and it was a different body part every day. And all of a sudden yeah. I got physically fit for the first time in my life, truly. Wasn't ever an athletic kid. Didn't do sports. Didn't do athletics. Um, but I thought... Before I went to the gym, before I started an exercise regimen outside of physical exertion at work and doing my job, that I was about as built as I was. I, I was mm -hmm. capable of doing these these long hours and these extraneous things. And then all of a sudden, there's a discipline and an exercise and a mental fortitude that yep. you have to have yeah. to go and do that after doing what you think you're already fully capable of doing. And I'm glad you said that. Mental fortitude is a real thing. Like willpower is a huge thing. Like in relation to this in relation to life just in general having the mental fortitude to withstand uh i, I, I want to say psychic attacks because that's everything we've been talking about but having to having the mental fortitude to literally identify what is occurring to you what is about to happen what could happen and then choosing to go a different direction that is essential but people don't do that they react they don't have that mental fortitude to stop what is happening to them and change it and that comes and let it happen and that and that's where where meditation and mindfulness comes in yes because whenever you whenever you meditate and you bring yourself to center you start contemplating you know it's, it's one component of meditation obviously one of many but 
you know, you, you center yourself through meditation, you separate yourself from your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions, and you become your own little center. And then you start to acknowledge the thoughts and feelings that come into your awareness. And like, I mean, this is how I do it, you know, and, and you know, this is taught to me by other people who I assume do the same thing. Um, through mindfulness meditation, separate yourself from your thoughts and your feelings. And whenever a thought pops into my head, when I'm sitting there trying to meditate and focus, and then these, this thought comes into my head, whatever it is, you know, thoughts always do that. I, I wrap it in a, in, a, in a yellow balloon or a red balloon, and then I just release it. And I let it float off and I watch it float off and that thought goes away. Let it be. Let it be. And then I and then I sit there and then another thought will pop in and I just put another balloon around it and I just release it in my head. And then after you do that for a minute or so, you're clear. And the thoughts just stop coming. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's a it's a helpful thing to do. And once you separate yourself from your thoughts and your emotions, then you can decide where to go from there. Yes. And and depending on what's going on in your life, you may want to implement different meditation practices. And, but it all it, it all starts with breath control and it starts with separating yourself from your thoughts and emotions. Once you do that, then you start going, okay, here's an issue in my life I want to meditate on. I'm having a problem at work, you know, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed and this thing is happening. <sighs> what can I do about it? Yes. And you're, you're, you're now operating from a place of center instead of a place of being off balance, you know, and being in a place of fear or anxiety which is where most of us make decisions from. And the only decision- Reactive state. You, you're reacting, it's a reactive state. Mm -hmm. It's the only thing you're doing in those places is you're, you're reacting to your stimuli, it's the fight or flight thing. You're rarely gonna make the best decision when that's where you're coming from. Yep. You know, making decisions from a place of fear, which is what anxiety is. Anxiety is a place of fear, it's on that spectrum. Um, that's not the best way to go. And so we all float through life not being mindful, not meditating, not separating ourselves from our thoughts and emotions. We think that we are our thoughts and emotions, and then we're living in anxiety and we're being in a reactive state. And so that just goes to what you're saying. Which leads me to my next question. Do you guys think that it is healthy to practice a a healthy level of detachment? Explain. Like the, like detachment in what sense? I think it's either, what is it? It's either Buddhism or Taoism that practices that detachment of letting letting yourself go. Buddh it, Buddhism does that, but a lot of people take that to an extreme in Buddhism, I think. Well, that's why I say a level of detachment to where you let go of certain things that that could define you, uh, that you purposely let go because they do not serve you. Do yeah. you think it's appropriate to I, practice some level I, of detachment? I would say that the big problem with that statement is you have to have an awareness. You ha already have to have a built-in level of discipline and understanding of yourself to detach parts of yourself yeah. because so many people define themselves by experiences, by the emotions they have, I am, I am an anxious person. Right. I, I I am anxious by nature, and this is me, and I am defining myself by my anxiety. Right. This uh, is just who I am. This is who I am. This is how I made because of something that happened to me because of my life experiences, and now that is making me. Right. So many people walk around with that. Um, to tease part two of what we talked about, which was a very heavy conversation on the psychedelic experience, what we touched on in there is they, the, a psychedelic experience will expose you to the weaker parts of your ego, you your nature. Yeah, and, and all of a sudden it's, it's, it's forcing you to look at the parts that everybody knows they're aware of these things. Whether you admit it or not to yourself, you're aware you have a weakness in this part or you're not comfortable with this part or yeah. you don't like this thing. And 
I don't like this because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. You're choosing that emotion. So with a psychedelic experience, you're now exposed to that thing that you're choosing to go, oh, I don't like it. It's bad. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily the case. Just like emotions. Oh, my goodness. I'm depressed. I'm sad because of what happened to me. No, that's a reaction. Yeah, you're, that's a you're, sad, you're sad because you're allowing yourself to be sad about you're, that thing. You're yes. choosing that. And so what you can do is take control, be aware, at least in the first part of it is recognize it and then start to understand it, make a relationship with it, and then now change that relationship. And that's the beginning of an understanding that can that can start to release things. You know, that's what Tao and Buddhism, you, you, but you can't just one day just wake up and go, oh, okay, they said I can release this part of me. I'm going to release part of me. No, no, no. There has to already be like a little bit of predetermined yep. discipline that you yep. have to build up. And some people can't come to that on their own all the time, or you have to be aware of it and start to work on it. And it's, it's a long game. And that's, the, it's the long game. That's why it's exercise. Mm -hmm. That's why it's practice. So Every day. Meditation that's where practice. the meditation practice yeah. comes yeah. in. It's discipline. Yeah. It's, and, and well, that's what I was talking about at the start of this is how that's my, that's my definition of freedom is discipline self-awareness, self-knowledge, and self-mastery. Like before, I was telling you guys, I have like a problem with, I have a problem with emotions. You know, I choose, I sometimes choose, I choose not to let myself feel certain things because I feel things intensely. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's something I have to work through is having that knowledge of self saying, hey, look, you, yeah, you got, you got these things good, but you need to work on this a little bit. That means you have to allow yourself to say, okay, I have a few problems here. I should probably work on that a little bit there. A lot of people don't want to look into the mirror like that. Yeah. You know. And a lot of that comes from conditioning, you know, especially as men, yep. right? So men, we're, we're kind of conditioned where it's like the only emotions that we're really supposed to feel are typically like anger. Yeah. You know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago on the podcast with, uh, with Lone Star Grappler. Our buddy David Hulsey is a competitive grappler and stuff. And, you know, like he's one of the most macho dudes you'll ever meet. He's just fucking jacked and tatted up, and he's got a Huge. beard, and he fucking chokes people out for a living. <laughs> What's up, dude? <laughs> you know what I mean? Ugh. But he's like the sweetest guy. You know what I mean? He's a spiritual guy, and he loves God, whatever that means to you. And uh, you know, we talked about that. Like it's it's this this toxic masculinity that we we feel like as men we're not supposed to feel um, fear, anxiety, sadness, loss, any of that stuff it all just funnels straight into the fucking anger tank. And then it just comes out. Well, they say everybody. depression is anger turned inwards. Oh, yeah. Ooh. As as a person who has suffered from depression, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're angry at your inability to deal with stuff. Yeah. You're angry at your inability to process or, or overcome. Yes. Right? Because, like you said, I'm not supposed to have these problems. I am. I am a... I'm a grown man. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't realize I, you were perfect. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't have these thoughts or these emotions. So now that I have these thoughts or emotions, instead of recognizing them, thinking about them, processing them, mm -hmm. well, that's not what I'm supposed to do. I'm not supposed to even have them in the first place. Yeah. So now I'm angry at myself. And so now I'm beating myself down and I'm just pushing that further yeah. in. And then you start to spiral. It's a self-perpetuating cycle. Yes. So it's hard for us to do. It's hard. It's hard for us to do these things. It's hard for us to acknowledge these um, emotions. Sometimes it's hard mm -hmm. for us to uh, to say, "Yeah, I'm 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 depressed." It's hard to identify that. That leads me into 
surrounding yourself with ty- the types of people and the types of, of, of environments that, 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 that are nourishing. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a word that I've been loving the last few months. It's just nourishing. Yes, I like saying it. Sounds I, right. I like thinking about that word and what it means in so many different contexts. You know, I'm surrounded with fucking nourishing people at this point in my life. It's true. You I know? went to sleep and felt very loved and warm in this house. <laughs> I, I left two pictures for uh, Brayden, Brayden and Jet. Brayden and Jet. Yeah, and I just I I smiled at the fact that you guys. Like that really did my heart joy, knowing that I could give you guys pictures and oh, you'd be man. grateful even for that. Tell my kids are gonna trip out. Yeah, but it, when they but, get but, home. But you're hitting on it. Isn't it important that I mean, you you came down here, you've you've had conversations with them. You haven't met him. You don't know him. You don't know me. We didn't know each other until I yesterday. Know your energies. And we have just had the best time communicating. You're one of the best people I know. We, I, I feel like we're friends and we've known each other for 10 oh, yeah. years and we haven't seen each other oh, in 10 yeah, years, dude. you know? Oh, yeah, it, bro. There's, there's something about being able to surround yourself with people like that and communicate with people like that mm-hmm. that you get to have conversations. We, we, we've talked for literally on camera seven hours, off camera 15 to 16 <laughs> <Yeah>. hours <laughs> of deep conversation of things that most people will not talk about to anybody, their spouse. Yeah, you know their child, their their that's mother and father. We're willing to reveal that 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 part of us that that is seeking that level of kinship and that level of like community. Like, we're all willing to say like, "Hey, this is where I was. This is where I was doing bad. This is what I'm doing now. This is where I'm trying to get to." Mm-hmm. A lot of people say, well, sh- I, "I'm content being bad. I'm content being here," and it's like, "Well, you shouldn't be." <laughs> I mean, to each their own, but you shouldn't be. You're so much more. And well, this is how I see everybody. I see everybody with so much beauty and so much potential, so much, so much divinity that I'm just like, let. that's always been my thing. Tell me how beautiful you are. Yeah. Tell me how amazing you want to be. I will follow you there. And so we tend to see ourselves as reflections or, or, or through the reflection of our social lens, like the people that we're around are going to reflect an image how, of us. How do they view me? Because that's how I should be. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and this, this, this idea came to me a while back. Um, actually, I, I heard this quote recently, and it, it encapsulated it fairly well. And it was like, you fall in love with people who make you love who you are when you're around them. Yeah. You fall in love with people who make you love who you are when you're around them. And I think that that's a good way of looking at it. What I thought of a few months earlier was something to the effect of like, you know, it's it's, it's much less elegant, but it's like it's it, it's okay to to use your surroundings as as a as a as a mirror to live by. But don't try to impress people, you know, don't try to live up to a thing to impress people, but try to surround yourself with people that you don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. in your behavior, your private and your public behavior. Be real about what that should mean to you. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, it's a big part of it. And it requires you to surround yourself with the right people. If you have to go home and like take the cloak off of, of, oh, okay, I'm home and I get to like, mm, I get to be me. And that me, when you take that cloak off, is to vent about, you know, the shit you had to deal with or whatever you had to do yeah. with. All of a sudden, you're not being authentic. It's a sign. You know, when you can come to a place where the people that you're surrounded with, um, whether it be work, family, home, whatever it is, you need to find a place where you can have that authentic voice. Because yeah. if you're operating in a place where you can't be in that authentic voice, then 
that's not the place. It's not the place, and you know, it's like you just said a minute ago. Like we've we, we've never met EJ before. You know, he and I have done some podcasts together before Had this conversation, but but you guys have never even talked. No, before you yesterday. No, but you felt like he's somebody who's like you said. You feel like somebody somebody that you've been friends with for ten plus years and haven't seen in in five six seven years yeah. or whatever. Good to see you again, brother. Good to see you again. You know what I mean? And it's um. There are people out there that are the kinds of people that we want to be involved with. There, there are people out there that are uplifting and nourishing people. And if you will seek those people out and know that you deserve those kinds of relationships, you'll attract those kinds of people. You know, And if you just don't allow yourself to settle for less than that, then you'll fall into those relationships. And mm-hmm. sometimes it, that's one of the great things about social media. You know, we've, We met through social media. Um, you know, we've made other friends through social media that are like-minded people and you, you take the goodness and the positivity and the clarity and the, and the, and the, the really uplifting self-reflection that you get from these relationships, you bring those home, you, you just let those ferment and you, and you focus on those things and meditate on those things and you implement and integrate change in your life that makes you a better version of yourself. And then that reflects back at your relationships and then people will see that glow from miles away Yeah, and moths to the flame, they'll show up. You know. I, I had an epiphany earlier today. Um, we had we had come into the office, we're getting ready for round two, and we're talking about hours of, of communicating and doing these podcasts, bearing our soul, talking about things, just this data unload, and we're all very mentally drained. And so we're preparing for everything, and we put on um, Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> for everybody out there, I'm going to talk on that just a bit. No major spoilers at all. But I still didn't was, finish it. There, there was a. We got a you fell it. asleep through yeah. it. Yeah. But I did my push-ups. <laughs> as soon as I got up, I did my push-ups. <laughs> but there is a there is a beautiful uh, uh, scene where uh, a character called Gamora uh, is a child, and the main antagonist of Avengers: Infinity War is Thanos, and it's this flashback scene where he goes to her home planet, and his whole thing is to. Um, Bring wipe, order to the galaxy. Wipe out half the population and keep half the population and, and for whatever reason. But there's this moment where he, he, he picks her and he brings her along and this genocide is about to happen on one side. And he's going to keep the other. And he's talking to her about balance. And as this is going on, I looked over at Howard, uh, which you guys have seen on the podcast. And I looked at him and I go, man, uh, I guess on Gamora's planet, they didn't teach her about stranger danger. <laughs> <laughs> and Howard looks at me and he goes... Maybe on her planet, stranger danger wasn't a necessary thing to teach. Ooh. And I went, oh, maybe so. There maybe. it is, that perspective. What a world again. to live in. What, what is, uh, there is, but then I thought about it. Man, there's, wow, that we have to plant that in our kids' minds because that is where we're at. That you need to be cautious of every new person that you meet. Mm-hmm. You have to be. What, what is caution? Fear. Fear. Be fearful. Be fearful. Be fearful. Not have that anxiety. I didn't know you. I wasn't fearful that you were going to be an awful person. I just didn't know you. And I had this anxiety. And then we immediately met. We hit it off. We had a great time. And then I immediately went, why was I so fearful? It's oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if you were black or white, to be honest. I had Neither no does my audience. <laughs> we won't tell them. Yeah, we won't let them know. Yeah. <laughs> What we'll, we'll do is we'll put all this now. video in black and white, and they won't they won't ever <laughs> be able to tell. Just invert my colors. Yeah. Just invert my colors. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it really it really just got philosophical for me. I'm like, colorblind. I, I just said, "Oh my goodness, 
Stranger Danger, I immediately went, oh, that's a that's a thing. That's a problem. But and I and I'm glad I'm glad that Howard made that perspective call to mm-hmm. be like maybe they didn't even need Stranger Danger because that just shows like we're in a world to where we we have to look for not necessarily problems, but we don't look towards the good of people. No. You immediately expect the worst. We're condi- yeah. we're conditioned towards suspicion. And I I I'm literally I guess I try to like I try to do the opposite. I literally try and I always get screwed over. It's okay. I still look for the best in people. That's always been like my character flaw. Listen. I, I hope people show me their best. They bare their teeth and share, show the worst. That's where they're operating from. I'm not operating from there. In every moment of I'm your life. To, I'm trying to get the goods. In every moment, there's only two forces at work in this universe. is love and fear. And in every moment, you choose one of the two. And it just goes down to that, that Native American you know, parable about the two wolves. And it's which wolf do you feed? The love wolf. You know what I mean? And it's like... You know, for you guys who haven't heard the story, if you've been hiding in the closet for the last three, four hundred years, <laughs> the the story of, of of the young the young brave approaching the old medicine priest, and he says, you know, what do I do with my life? What how do I know how to guide myself? And the medicine priest says, well, there are two wolves battling for your soul, every moment of your life, and they're always battling for it to see which one's going to win. And the brave mm-hmm. says, well, Jesus, how, how do I know which one's going to win? And the medicine priest says. Depends on the one that you feed. Yep. It's down to which one do you feed? I tell everybody you have the same 24 hours in a day as me, as everyone else that has been on this earth and that will be on this earth. You have the same 24 hours. It's which it's which beast you feed that dictates which house you stay in. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. What What is your output in life going to be? What's your experience as a human going to be? And it's which, which wolf do you feed? And it is such a great tool. I've used it as, as a parent. Um, I used it as a parent uh, as going through a, a, a difficult time. You know, as, you, as your kid gets smarter, as a parent, you understand your kid's intellect grows. And as your she parent gets more style, complicated, the yeah. more intelligent your you kid gets. You have to start <laughs> leveling up as a parent. You know, I parented as, as my four-year-old this way, but now she's seven and she's way smarter. And I got to start leveling up. Got to start changing the tactics. And so one of my tactics was, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach you this lesson about these wolves. Well, it made way too much sense. Oh, right? God. And she was like, I don't like I don't. <laughs> this is this is not my thing because I would tell her all the time, which wolf are you feeding? Which wolf are you feeding right now? She'd start to, you know, just crush and just get angry. And yeah, bit. yeah. What wolf are you feeding right now? Wolf you, I don't like this. I don't like this. Well, uh, we talk at length all the time about uh, Trevor Hall, one of these great musicians, and we play that music all the time, and she is a fan. Um, in one of his songs, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, one of the lyrics is, which wolf do you feed? And we would just listen to music yeah. one day. And she goes, oh, Trevor just talked about the wolves. Because it's real. And I was like, yeah, he's talking about the wolves. That's a thing. And she was like, oh, my. And I could see, I could start to see, like, the gears turning and, like. What oh. Dad said was right. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and that's a thing. With kids, uh, um, they tend to, the last person they'll listen to is the parent yep. in a lot of ways, you know. And she goes, so, so uh, whatever sort of sporting event practice, whatever. And the coach tells her to do something. Yes, sir. You know, or, or goes mm-hmm. to a friend's house and they're like, Hey, we need to clean up this mess. And she's on Johnny on For the spot. Sure, I'll do starting it. Starting to do. Yeah. And you go, Hey, it's, you know, it's Sunday. We need to clean your room. She's like, God, get she's, out of here. Mom and yeah, dad. Yeah. I don't want to clean my room. What? Yeah. So, so you want to live here, don't you? <laughs> exactly. But it was, it was the recognition of, it wasn't just me giving this message and it wasn't just, uh, uh, how I had showed it to her, but then somebody else out there that she had admired was, was, was speaking this mm-hmm. message and then the truth hit her in mm-hmm. that way. And the truth hits everybody in a little bit of a different way. 
But when it comes to which wolf do you feed, there is nobody out there. There is literally nobody out there that cannot benefit from having that in the back of their mind and going, why am I choosing to feel this way? I'll follow you up on that. You know, my speaking of parents and them passing down like epic, uh, epic teachings. And this is something I still use to this day. When I would come home, you know, I'd be complaining about some chick or some stupid stuff at school. You know, my mom would, you know, be working and she'd look at me and she says, whose energy is that? Is that yours or theirs? And I'm just like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds simple, mm-hmm. but it's just like you're allowing someone else to dictate how you feel. And by them, by them dictating how you feel, you're not in control of your own emotions. Yep. You have now become slave to them projecting however they want you to feel. And to this day, I still use that. Who, whose emotions are those? Whose energy is that? Is that yours? Are you feeling this? Did you generate this? Or are you receiving this? And I would say 95% of the time, that person that is um, on your mind, you're not on their mind. You, you are not, they are not thinking about you or that ripple mm-hmm. that is now affecting the way that your behavior is going. Yes. They're not. They're just pressing on with their life. Yes. But you have now embedded them into your mind or that interaction that you had or that, that one thing that they said that stuck with you. Now, you, you brought that along. One of the things we keep talking about throughout like the entirety of this is just like emotional control. Sure. Uh, keeping the flesh in check and just like not letting, not letting things affect you. When you're letting these people affect you, you're holding on to that grenade and it's a time like it's it's a it's like a, a stick of uranium. It's got a half life. It's still affecting you after the fact. That person, like you said, he's not. They're not thinking about whatever just happened. They're going about their life. But you letting that person affect you holds on to that that uranium stick. You're being damaged over time. You got to learn to let that stuff go because it's not going to benefit you. Mm-hmm. Mindfulness practices will help with that. Exactly. So much of this stuff goes back to these six principles that we're talking about. Yep. We're going to have to codify this at some point and really map this out because mm-hmm. I think that we're onto something there. Um, but especially people who are more empathetic, you know, your empaths and stuff, you absorb that energy from other people. Yes. You know, that uranium stick you're handing off to somebody or whatever. Uh, somebody here in chat just said that's an important lesson. It's not always your energy. A lot of people project energy onto others without even knowing. Yes. And that's true. It's so true. That's what we're talking about is somebody will say something to you and it will ripple hard and you will you will uh, obsess over it mm-hmm. to a certain extent. It will affect your decisions. It will affect your clarity and your mindfulness in a situation that has taken place way past the one that, that started it all off. And that person is just walking around, living their life, doing their thing, and they're not going, man... Did I did I mess with them? I want to fuck did, their day oh, up. Yeah. Or, or, or was their intention even to do that? Yeah. You know, they might have said it and never thought a thing. Never like, even knew. Oh, I would have never known that was going to wreck them. Yep. But we all do it. I know I am super guilty of it. I it, but I'm aware of it now, and yeah. I will allow myself to catch it later. Almost, uh, I need to be better about it. But we all can be better in a lot of. But different it's like ways, how do you but. how do you catch your how do you catch your energy how do you catch like your your you I guess your presentation like how do you catch that mm. you know like how do you regulate that because I know I definitely have like a hard time I'm like a I'm like a ball of the sun's energy mm-hmm. and I have like the hardest time and that's part of my life's journey is learn is learning to slow down and like and learn discipline and mastery because I'm just like yeah let's get right to it. I know that that's something that I have to work on. Focusing so how, your breathing. Yeah. How do you how do you get to that? How do you 
focus your energy, focus your breathing. Br- breathing is the beginning. Breathe, it all starts with your breath, man. It, it if all you're starts in a situation your and you're huffing and puffing, or you're, uh, to, for me, holding my breath, my, my wife will call me out on this all the time. I'll go, <sighs> say, why are you holding your breath? Like, oh shit, I'm holding my breath. Okay, I'm stressed out. Oh, okay, you know, but when you can start with the breath, then you can build outward from there. You can go, okay, I'm not breathing calmly. Take those deep breaths. And not only is that like the way to reset, you know, and they say, take three deep breaths and you reset. No, no, no. If you're not breathing right and you need to take three deep breaths, take those three deep breaths. Don't stop there. Now go, why wasn't I breathing like this from the get go? And then you start to identify some of those triggers, some of those identifiers, and you can recognize this universal language of patterns then you'll start to recognize the patterns when that happens the next time you go oh i did this just last time but i was recognized i was i recognized it and all of a sudden i realized this is what it was and this time it is this and that is similar and the more you do that the more cognizant of it yeah you start to recognize a pattern um, i call it a trigger reaction spiral there you go it's it's anytime yeah become mindful of any time that you're triggered Become mindful of any time that you change your mood or your mind state, your psycho-spiritual configuration. Anytime that changes, make note of it. And then ask yourself, like JC is saying, ask yourself, why did that change? You know, if you feel yourself holding your breath or you feel your heart rate go up or you sense that you're frustrated, make a practice out of this. I did this and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. Was I carried around a little notepad with me, a little tiny, you know, notepad, a little bitty one, carried it in my pocket. And then anytime I noticed my mood change, I would mark it down and, and just say, you know, I got angry at 1.50 p.m. And then I just jot down a quick little reason why, you know, because I forgot my car keys and couldn't find them. And then I realized over the course of the week, the first week I did it, and I was pretty diligent with it because it kind of becomes addictive yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. After the first week, I was like, damn, 80% of my entries were me being frustrated with myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Over, over, over. I'm sure, like Mostly, frivolous. Oh, and trivial it's always things. trivial shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like we this this ended up culminating into a conversation with me and my buddy Josh, which then led to me making a video about this about a year ago or so. And I was like, look, dude, we all beat ourselves up for all the little things that we do that we fuck up, like forgetting your car keys, spilling mm-hmm. the milk, dropping a glass, whatever it is. But how often do we give ourselves props for the little things that we do well? We, we just don't fucking do yeah. that. We touched no, on this true. in part one. Th- this this weird humbleness. This yeah. weird on on inability to accept a compliment. Right to accept I did something well. Um, I, you give me praise. I'm like oh no, <laughs> yeah, it's I, nothing. It's what do we say? Oh, it's nothing. No, no, no. It's no big deal. It's nothing. No, no, it's no, no big no, deal. No, no. This good thing I did. Glory be to God. Is nothing. Mm-hmm. That's where I should probably just start saying it. I'll yeah, just start saying that. Whereas, and we we mentioned this in one of the, in one of the other parts. You know, we had I had a buddy when I was a kid that you know you would tell him like, and he was an amazing musician. Just to recap in ten seconds, this amazing musician. He was a wonderful person. He was a light in the world, and people would give him compliments. And instead of going, oh, it, it's nothing, it's nothing. I'm nothing. My great things don't mean anything. Instead of diminishing himself, his accomplishments and the blessings that he was passing on to other people. He'd say, James, that was a beautiful song you wrote, or that was a beautiful thing you did for that person. And he would just look you dead in the face and go, yeah, man, glory be to God. Yeah. Glory be to God. And this is not just for the anyone who doesn't know, and hopefully if you're following this, this, this uh, podcast and this platform, you know, when I say God, I'm not talking about 
any specific Judeo, not the Judeo Christian God. This we're not, is, we're not putting in the confines of a specific religion. Yeah, this is not a religious. This is not your your your, your any specific religious God. This is the universe. This is whatever that greater higher power is. Think about whatever, whatever you, spirit, you spirituality reaches you. Yeah, whatever you interpret it yeah. as. Yeah. So leading into that, we'll slide into religious practice in life. Yes. Right. We got six principles to work on in life that we've talked about as far as I can tell. <laughs> Probably more. Probably more, but uh, we'll go with the six for now and then we'll work out the rest later. Um, how do we find religion? If we, the three of us can agree that it matters, mm-hmm. right? And how, how do we help people understand a way that, 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 you, can, that you can use religion in your life um, in a way that matters, it's helpful. And, and my, my thing, just to throw it out there, is understand that you are one of a trillion sperm that reached the egg. You had nothing to do with that. You then were born into a family you had nothing to do with. Went to an elementary school you had nothing to do with. A middle school and a high school you had nothing to do with. You met people that were in your neighborhood that were at your school. You really had virtually nothing to do with your life till you were 18 plus years old. And then even at that point, you're basically acting on the DNA and the cultural conditioning that you got up to that point. Yep. So. The only thing that interrupts the spirals in the path that you were set on is mindfulness. Is conscious action. It's conscious action. Stop and take take stock of where you are. Take account of where you are, where you're headed, what's going on, um, and then adjust accordingly, right? Yeah. And so for me, understanding that there is a higher power that we need to give thanks to. It's quintessential. For the fact that we, yeah, for the fact that we are where we are, that I've got two arms, two legs, and a face, and I can go to work, and I can... A lot of people don't have any of those things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A lot of... Uh, we talked about, you know, a lot of babies are born with HIV that they didn't ask for, and then have a really rough life, and they die at four years old because of it. It's sad. We don't like talking about it, but there are some pretty dark, shitty realities that we could have been born into that we weren't. And if you can just acknowledge that and give thanks for what you do have, to me, that's that's the that's the quintessence of... of spiritual belief and of faith in a higher power. If I can just give thanks for what I do have, the gifts that I do have, and then try to, um, to implement, uh, conscious thankfulness practices into my life to give thanks on a, on a ritualistic basis on a, on a regular basis for those things. And then to, to divert those, those, those thankful energies into productive output in my life. Yes. To me, that's as religious as you need to be. Yes. Give thanks on a regular basis to a higher power than yourself because that higher power once you start practicing mindfulness and you start thinking about the source of where we come from and how the world works and you start looking around in nature you start to realize the idea that we just came from fucking scrap metal in a junkyard and and it just randomly assembled itself into the complexity of life it's honestly like it's it's absurd yeah it's absurd it's like honestly disrespectful well and it takes a lot it's it's disrespectful to the divine it takes a lot of pressure off yourself you know yeah. You're walking around all day and you don't have any understanding of any sort of higher power. Yep. Um, and that's fine if that's your belief, but 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 ask yourself if that's how you truly believe that you're just you're just here because you're just here and you don't have any sort of outlet for any of that. Man, that's a lot of pressure to walk around on uh, your shoulders. And this yeah. I actually you have this that. like written down here like as a question too, and I'm glad you brought this up. You know, he's he we had a little riff right there like speaking about God. What is the problem with God? Why is it that people don't want God to exist? Why is it that they attach easy identity or themselves or project themselves onto what they think of as, as God? And I hate that we're like not able to talk about it because it's clearly there. It's clearly evident. 
But the same way JC is saying, could you imagine walking through your life thinking there is nothing else there? there that we're just meat sacks? I have. I've been there. So I was like a Christian when I was a kid, and I became an atheist through my 20s. And all the while, I was studying spirituality like it was Lord of the Rings. I just It was a fantasy novel to me. Wow. Spirituality, all my studies into spirituality and metaphysics my whole life. For the most part, we're just it was it was it was a uh, it was a guilty pleasure. I, yeah, I, I had a long, hmm. long, long walk through that part of my life where the weight was on my shoulders, and uh, to take a, a take a quick deep dive into my uh, spirituality is, you know, Southern Baptist raised. I know you can recognize that. Uh, if I was good, I would go to heaven. Things yeah. would be all right for me. If I was bad, I was going to go to hell, and it was going to be hot. That and I was going to be punished. And guess what? But there's strippers and cocaine. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm nine years old. No, that's heaven. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting them mixed up. Oh, I'm, my bad. I'm nine years old. I have impure thoughts. I have anger in my life, and I'm being told, you know, that I'm not supposed to feel this way or be this way, right? Mm -hmm. But we all know, as human beings. You have these you have impure that. thoughts. Like, yes. There's, and, and there is no person, I don't care how Southern Baptist foot washing you could possibly be, that you didn't have these impure thoughts as much as you want to ignore them and say you never had them. Oh. You have them. So for a child to be raised in that, all of a sudden, you're, you're, all of a sudden you're walking around, you're going, I'm going to hell. Well, you're born sick and commanded to be well. Yeah. I mean, that's. I spent, I spent years of my life going, there's no, there's no way I'm not going to hell. I, I just I'm having impure thoughts. I, I, I don't I, do, I don't do what I'm told to do now. Now it's it's too late for me. And so I had this at really, nine years old. I had this really unhealthy relationship with God. I got angry with God. About eighth grade, met a youth pastor, built a new relationship with Christianity to a certain extent. But I had all the people that had taught me all those negative thoughts and those things around me. And as much as one person was trying to build that up and there was a community of, of young people around me, I, I started to rethink it. But at the same time, all those old thoughts and those old practices were there with me. So as 18, I, I, I gave it up, you know, mm. disavowed, like I, I, no religion, you know, didn't think about it, didn't practice it, no spirituality in my life whatsoever. Uh, about 25, I hit what you would call a rock bottom. Um, I had gone through some hard times. I had been through some intense experiences. Um, and then I ended up finding um, this book, and it was called The Tao of Pooh. Ah, and yeah. it's about the Tao, and it's based off of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And I read this, this book on the Tao, and it started to make a lot of sense. It started to make a lot of sense. And the second book I read, it was called The Alchemist. Which yeah. EJ now has a copy. Yes. Which they will both be, or which will be autographed by yes. these two amazing gentlemen here. Oh, for sure. And I started to uh, understand that there was more. This was my introduction was there was more to what I was seeing, what I was feeling. There was this, what, what I like to refer to in the book, refers to in The Alchemist as the universal language. And I was yeah. like, oh, I speak that. Oh, I know that. I understand. I've been ignoring it. Because American I thought English? I, I, thought I, was, I thought I was crazy. But then, you know, me having uh my own unique experience and this is my spirituality to anybody listening um just know this isn't the way but this was my way i i had a psychedelic experience mm -hmm. and on my first psychedelic experience a lot of questions got answered for me a lot of things were uh, explained 
to me and made sense and I had uh, visions and visuals and emotional experiences and this wild ride and I woke up the next day and from that day forth my life had changed I was better I worked hard internally externally on who I was as a person how I felt it was okay to feel that way it was okay to be that way and I had all the things and all the tools that I needed to walk forward from that day into the next day and the next day and the next day after that till this day to be who I am now who is a better person than I have ever been in my entire life yes so when you talk about spirituality I don't have a defined version of mine I believe in the higher spirit I believe in this higher power and those are just the words that I'm using that's all I'm using because that is my vocabulary. I'm not saying that those, I know some people define those words into their versions. I'm just saying in general, mm-hmm. there is something else. There is a way, there is somebody you can talk to, there is somebody you can you know, be with in your private moments, whether that's internal, external, and the same thing. Um, that has been my journey with spirituality and to recognize that be aware of it and start to build my own personal practices my own internal conversations with myself that are are the same prayers that i said when i was 10 years old to the god that i i believed in at the time or that i i was talking to at the time it's the same thing it's just different my relationship is yes. different you know yeah it's You're ma- st- he's still there you've just changed it's it, it that's it that's mm-hmm. it. My perspective and my relationship with them has changed. Yes. And, and it makes all the difference in the world, and it's your relationship. So having a connection to the infinite, a connection to the divine, an acknowledgement of, of some sort of, of creative source that we all come from. I, I have, I've been defining for the last two or three years, I guess you know, three plus years, defining God as a binary, fractal, self-replicating algorithm that makes up all things. And that was like my super left-brain computer guy brain coming up with something like that. Like it's a binary fractal self-replicating algorithm, right? Because that's kind of how I found God, you know. Um, but it all goes back to build build whatever framework around that you want, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's whether it's a it's a long-haired guy with a beard, you know what I mean, sitting on a cloud, whatever you want. But you start breaking all of reality down into binaries into love or fear and you go is this action that i'm taking is it encouraging love or fear is it feeding the you know the light wolf or the dark wolf you know and you build your whole life around that and, and once you acknowledge you understand and this is what i love about hermeticism mm-hmm. you know is, is the principles of duality it's it's very simple you know the principle of duality is 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 the root of of hermeticism and it's uh it's just the yin and the yang it's the light wolf and the dark wolf it's the understanding of the masculine and feminine principles that are in all things and once you get it, you see it everywhere in nature, and you see it everywhere in nature. It's in the Fibonacci spiral. That's why I wear this this spiral necklace that Ashley got me that was made by a Mayan guy down in Mexico in the Yucatan. And it's the spiral is there, right? It's 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 everywhere. Once you learn to see the spiral, and once you understand the spiral, you just see it in all things, and you realize this thing this this thing's been around for millions billions yeah. of years you find you know you you're find, just here on this segment yeah yeah we're just here on this little fragment of yep. the spiral my, ver- my my part yeah my little version this yeah. is my little part of the spiral if you were to zoom in on the spiral you see a little section and it's a spiral yeah. it's a fractal you, you know, know what i mean and you know more is going to come too yeah yeah the, the, the spiral keeps on going you know mm-hmm. ad infinitum it just doesn't stop 
you know, hearing, you know, hearing JC talk about all that, it made me start thinking about, you know, I guess not nece- not necessarily like my relationship with God, but just like think all yesterday we had nothing but like synchronicities, nothing but from start to finish. Yeah, wall nothing. to wall, wall to wall, floor to ceiling. It was crazy, top to bottom. It literally blew my mind. Yeah, that's why I I told you like I didn't I don't really have anything to say because it's all speaking for me, and I learned not only doing this type of work, but like as an individual that. I guess like that's 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 kind of how I follow like wherever I'm supposed to be where I start trying to do like certain types of work is like I pay attention to those cosmic signs because they're going to show up whether or not you're like paying attention to them if you don't that's cool it'll show up in another way it's going to show up it's self-replicating it's it's got to follow through whether or not you pick that up follow through with it it's going to keep happening you can find your place in the spiral oh yeah that's the thing is like you know, people have lots of philosophical arguments about free will and all that kind of stuff. But the reality is, once you find your place on the spiral, everything starts to make sense. Yep. You know, because the path is is is, is a clear spiral. It really is. Your life is, is one great big spiral filled with lots of little spirals. Yep. And once you find out where you are on your spiral and you start to see all the little spirals in your life, right? You know, whether it's addiction whether it's it's uh, unhealthy relationships with with different things because everything in life is a relationship and the condition that you're in in life and the condition you're going to be in life is just a just a factor of the sum of all all of the the spirals and the experiences you get from the different relationships with all this shit but it's it's find your place on the spiral live in truth yes you know and and your 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 spiral um, your truest self has a spiraling path through the cosmos through life and it has to do with surrounding yourself with people that are like-minded, which is ideally people who also live in truth, right? Because there's ideally, are, and I, that's why you'll never see people who are in this type of work at doing the dumbest shit ever. Yeah, because they're seeking out other individuals to help them along that life goal. That's yep. what we were talking about this morning over breakfast. That's it. Well, I will precursor that with sometimes those people will do the dumbest shit, and that's but why you, you got to get them back on you, path. But you don't catch them caught in that trap. Mm-hmm. You don't get them caught in that trap because they are surrounding themselves with people. Yeah, I do dumb shit all the time, mm-hmm. but I'm surrounded with people that that hit me in the head and knock me back on. Course. That have your best hey. interest at heart. Yes. That want to see you yes. succeed. They, they don't want to spiral down with me. Exactly. So even if I want to spiral down for a weekend or so, <laughs> come Monday, yep. you know my people are going to be like, "Hey, let's hey. get this shit back together." It's like nice little detour. Are you ready? Yep. Exactly. And, and that's. It, Go ahead. No, I was just saying that's I, I'm just I'm just to your point, you know, just building on. That's that's part of it. You surround yourself with the people and everybody that you surround yourself is living in that same truth that you're living in. Yes. And you guys are conversing about it and having these conversations. All of a sudden, you're not finding yourself six months down the road going, How did I get here? Yeah. You don't you don't you don't have to go that way. You don't have to get to the bottom of the barrel to pull yourself back up out of it. Yeah, you're already out of it. Yeah. And now you have to think, and this is this is where I find myself thinking, you know, these days is where do we, not necessarily where do we go from here, but you have these teachings, you're trying to practice these things. Like, how do you, basically, how do you do it better? Like, you've already got success in some certain places. You've already got happiness and bliss. How do you, how do you improve? Like, I talk about it all the time, how to step into this work, step into this 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 life cycle, this pattern. And you'll unlock certain certain abilities, certain senses, certain strengths, and like we were saying before, uh, certain susceptibilities because you are more sensitive now. How do you do that better? 
Iron sharpens iron. Yes. Surround yourself with the right people. That's it all comes is. down to your environment, man. That's what this is. You know, we, we could do so much work on our own, but I mean, you know, even 99.999% of all monks in history go to monasteries. Yep. Because you're surrounded with other monks. Yes. You know what I mean? The human being, the human spirit was kind of meant to, to be a part of a, of a community. Yes. It's what we're kind of meant to do. You know what I mean? JC, do we need to restart? We're good? We're Guys, we're, we're doing this uh, We're doing this for YouTube, so we've kind of got to manage our cameras and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, yeah, you got to surround yourself with the right people. Yes. And that's not an easy thing to do. But I think – so one of the things – you know, we, we've, been, we've been very fortunate. Um, you mentioned the energy, like, in our household. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you stayed the night with us last night. We've never met before in person. Yeah, no, this is my first time meeting Adam. Yeah, this is the first time we've ever met mm-hmm. in person. We did a podcast a year ago, and then we did a podcast back in November. Yep. And um, other than that, that's it. Mm-hmm. But we met. It was like, like JC said to you a minute ago, it's like, it's like we'd known each other our whole lives and yeah, hadn't bro. seen each other in 10 years. Yeah, you know man. what I mean? Because spirit family is what it is. When, when, when people come to our house, sometimes they'll comment on the energy there. And that's an energy that you build into your home. And you do that through prayer and meditation. We've prayed over our home. We've prayed on the, the walls, on the property. You know, we have a we have a we have a protective and nourishing boundary that we've prayed into our whole property, nice. and um, when people come over, they they comment on that. You know what I mean? And then you bring people into your home who are nourishing, who are positive, who are uplifting. And we've had some people that have come into to, to, to our house at times, and they, they have to leave, and they're like, "I don't want to leave." Like it's overwhelming. You the know, amount of love that's yeah. I, I don't want to leave and go back mm-hmm. to there to the outside world because we're kind of we have our own little mystical island your own little paradiso yeah, our own little paradiso that we've kind of got going um but we have shown some people i think that that exists yes and i know that some of the people who visited us at our home didn't know that existed they don't know what it's like to have a peaceful home they it, just had a house they didn't have a home that's it you know what i mean but just to show someone to let someone experience what what a place of love mm-hmm. and acceptance and authenticity and openness and understanding what that feels like because we've all got fucked up past and we've all got things that we've been through and we've all been damaged and traumatized and, and we've that's, been that's the way to help is to is to act from a place of understanding and compassion yeah and so many people don't even know that you can have that and i think that's where to me if we can just spread these messages of understanding and love and unity and just help people to understand that you can a you deserve love yes you deserve it you're a divine being and you deserve love don't settle for less. We accept the love we think we deserve. Ooh, yeah, you I, said it, it's well, wrote down. I wrote yeah, it down. You wrote it down. Thank God. <laughs> so yesterday, EJ said, uh, "We, we, we said again. We accept the love we think we deserve. We accept the love we think we deserve. That's so strong, man. We accept the love we think we deserve, and we don't walk. A lot of people, I didn't. I told you, it's only been the last couple of years that, that I even realized that I, I, I was worthy of love. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, you can't give love properly if you don't know that you deserve it yourself. Yes. You know, and a lot of people um, like to think that, well, I love everybody. I'm going to, I'm going to treat everybody with love. I'm going to take care of everybody. Big hearted empaths are especially are these kinds of people. And yet you'll see the damage that keeps them from accepting love themselves. Yeah. And then you'll see how the love that they try to output is, Often, not equivalent. It's it's not. Yeah, it's oftentimes misguided. And I can I can speak to this because I am one of those big hearted empaths. Real talk. Yeah. I I literally said it before he said it. You know I expect 
not to be not to have my love reciprocated and that's okay i'll still give it anyway yeah but it gets to a point to where you're like well i would like to be appreciated and because you haven't learned that some people aren't able to appreciate you at the level that you want to be appreciated you begin to think that you're not getting appreciated or loved and it's like no they're only able to appreciate themselves and you at the level that they're able to comprehend you're comprehending things at a different level so you're wanting that higher love they're giving you what they can give you and this is where a level of it needs to be like you need to accept that accept mm -hmm. what is and what can be rather than just wanting what you want because that's 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 like emotional superiority that's like emotional dominion where you're saying i want you to love me this way and if you don't love me this way you're a piece of crap it's like no that's that's no you're missing the point they're giving you what they can offer you're wanting more than mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. and that's that's my thing because i do love intensely i have intense passion i want more you're pretty intense i know you're pretty well, intense well, i love it so yeah. so when you create a preconceived notion in your mind right mm. of the love that you would like to receive right or achieve yes right this is this is the love that Not I lust. feel like I deserve and I want. And we're talking about the same people that had the conversation earlier about we won't accept compliments well. But yet, yep. we do, in our minds, create an expectation of the love that we would would like. Not deserve, and I'm not going to put any of those connotations, but, but you do. You go, this is the love I deserve. This is what I'm putting out. This is what I should get back. And you're expecting a human being that cannot read your mind to provide. Figure that shit out. Yeah. You just, just figure it out. Yes, you do you you give me this thing that I have never expressed to you, even though I've felt like I've dropped a hint, but I never actually said to you what exactly. Well part I of that expect. I think is that we just we, we overlook the fact that like motherfuckers ain't inside our head. It's true. You know, we walk around, I think that what part of the ego is that is the ego is such a much more expansive thing than what we realize and it, it's way more pervasive into all areas of our psyche oh, it's pervasive it, 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 it's yeah. tentacles i think yeah. that's a good way to use it pervasive. yeah it, it affects so much more about the it, it, there are so many lenses on how we perceive reality and how we interact with our relationships that we don't even really understand and the ego's behind a lot of it and um it can be it can be disruptive it can be destructive it can be a lot of things um but we forget or, or we don't even, in my case, I didn't even realize like how much the ego blocks certain things. Understanding how differently people feel, how differently people love, how differently people think about shit was a big thing for me. Uh, you know, and it took uh, a lot of, a lot of internal yeah. work to even realize that like, you know, just think, think about when you get really like shit face drunk, how, how differently you think versus when you're stone cold sober. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's 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 an that's a, that's an alcohol spectrum, right? But I think people think that differently. Yes, you know, people who walk around shit faced drunk all the time, relatively speaking. You know what I mean? Like it's people think that differently. Like sometimes you wake up the next day after you were just wasted the night before, and you're like, man, I can't believe can't believe I fucking acted, thought, so, yeah, you did, did those bro. things, any of that stuff. And I'm not trying to say just the destructive things that you do on alcohol or whatever, but even whatever you sometimes do. Sometimes there's positives. Sometimes there's positive there's things. There's a lot of positives that'll come from that. Yeah, a lot and of. You a lot still of, wake up and go, I can't believe I, I said. I can't believe that. I said that. Yep. Did that. Whatever. I've been wanting to say that for ten years to my dad, and it finally and came out. I finally said it, <laughs> dude. I've been there, but I can't believe I said that. Yeah. Oh, I definitely could have said it better. But, but people uh, think that differently. 
Yep. That's one person's brain on one substance. But think about different human beings, you know? like On multiple substances. On multiple, yeah, because, well, we are drugs. We're all made of different chemistry and different... We're all eating different foods and yep. drinking different fluids and breathing different air and different interacting with different people with different lifestyles. Different we have mindsets. different different values, different priorities, different mindsets, different struggles, different traumas, different beliefs. All Absolutely. this shit. Absolutely. We are, I think we are... We are fundamentally so fucking different than what we think. Yes. But in the most meaningful ways, we're more the same. You know? We're made up of a few elements. Happiness, needs. You know, it's like a series of needs and fulfillments in life that we that we all have with each other. But, like, the way that a human being processes things is so, so different. And I think we just we overlooked that part of it. So it's in relationships, learning. We talked about this yesterday. Learning that 50% rule. Yes. You know, meet me here. You 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 come here. I meet you there. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't I don't tell you to come all the way to me and I'm not gonna run all the way to you. Let's meet right here and working out that, that middle ground, that midgard, right? Yep. For you Norse people. Work Midgard. Working out the midgard. Well, um okay. Midgrasl. <laughs> Maybe some thindrail. Yeah. Uh that that that's one of the many great balancing acts of being human. You know, is, is figuring out where the middle ground is in every relationship that you have, provided that relationship is one that you even want to have in the first place. Which is why intention is important. It is. Well, we're touching on something that I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are curious about in multiple ways. We've talked about ego on prior podcasts. We're talking about ego a lot on this one. And we've touched the past three uh, segments on things that revolve around ego. Yes. I'm not asking anybody here at this table to define ego. Thank you. <laughs> not not a question that I have. My question is, one thing that I get all the time is this this uh, how do I how do I achieve an ego death? You know what is, what is an ego death? How do I get to an ego death? What does huh. ego death mean? I'm curious to see. I'm I'm actually pride is what I would think, and getting rid of things that you would think hold a. Uh, superiority in your mind that's what i would think but i wouldn't know because sure i haven't gone through one of those ego death well, processes. well, well a I lot suppose. of people associate ego death with a psychedelic experience right right and in a lot of the questions i get are people that are interested in psychedelics and they want to achieve this but uh, uh, me short answer one word perspective that's all it is that's all an ego death is it's a perspective it's a new perspective it's a new understanding what's new about it by it's, the way, I'm turning on some music and our headphones really low. It's uh, it, it is. Um, It'll get there in a minute. It is taking everything that you think you know about all the things, these life experiences that create you. As we talked about it earlier. Um, uh, well, I, I, I'm a very anxious person by nature because of, of events, you know, or, or I'm a very boisterous person uh, because of, of things that I do. Or, or I've created this life for me because I am I am an alpha male and I do this this way. And that's why I am. I beef define jerky myself. And beer. Yeah. So <laughs> sounds really good. Is there any beef jerky left? No, we, we, we you, you ate all the beef jerky, but there's still beer. But I think you I guys think, and your big fucking egos. I think e- your ego drives your perspective. Yes. I think that's what it is. And I'll People follow. Go, it's half the picture. I want to follow you up your on higher that. self and your ego are two different things. They're on opposite ends of the, exactly. the two poles. Exactly. I want, polarity. I want to follow up on that because, you, and I'm not sure if this would qualify like as like a necessarily ego death. Uh, prior to getting involved in like all the podcasting and stuff that I'm involved in now, I was doing the hip hop EDM uh, artist thing. Okay. So I thought I was super cool, hot shit. Yeah, look at me on stage. Woo. 
And then I realized that's not a place I want to be. I don't want to, I don't want to be like in front of like a sea of people like fucked up on DMA. I don't, or, or MDMA. I don't want to do that. There's, I can't talk about these things. I can't express and feel and experience everything we've discussed here well, why in did, that realm. So that's a good thing. And that's why, that's why I left. And it started me on this journey to where I am now towards self-discovery, towards self-mastery to say, you know what, what I thought was okay, what I thought was happy, what I thought was success. That was only my perception of it. I had to get tired of my perceptions to realize that there were new perspectives out there that I had to go out there and go achieve. I think the question is what makes us uh, in the first place want to be on that stage in front of a sea of people worshiping us. It's that it's that vacuous, empty spot inside of us, that 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 vacuum, that empty space where meaning should be. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And we're just looking externally for someone to tell us that we mean something. And and to me, I think once you it's probably a lot of ways that you can fill that space, some better than others. Yes. Um, but finding out that you mean something completely absent that sort of attention is, uh, for me, is, is the best way that I've found. You know, is understanding that, that you have a place on the spiral, and the more you become aware of that of that place, and the more um, the more fully you fill that space, the, you know, the more the more fulfillment that you that you put into your life, and the more the more truthfully you live your life. Um, the less you need that from other yes, sources. Yes, that outside affirmation. That outside affirmation. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, it's easy momentarily to lose track of it. I do it. Everybody does, I'm sure. I certainly do. Maybe more than most. I don't know. Um, it's easy to get caught up in that um, that ego thing for a moment. But again, iron sharpens iron. And when you're surrounded with the right people, you find yourself kind of, it's like when you're bowling and you put the bumpers up over the gutter. You know, mm-hmm. you surround yourself with good people. You kind of just bounce off those those bumpers and you move back into the middle and you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got to do it that you, way. You stay on track. Well, you said outside affirmations, outside affirmations. Maybe that's that's a big part of of the ego test, the ego check. Mm-hmm. Maybe if what makes you feel really good is getting other people to tell you something or or respond to something you did and that's what makes that's what makes you feel really good that's a good ego test for where where my values lie how do i feel truly about myself is it what other people say about me think about me react with me or is it necessarily how i feel about myself um and and going back to the i keep kind of i i think every time that i've opened my mouth this whole episode i keep saying the same thing going back to mindfulness and meditation you know, when you surround yourself with positive people and you're in that place of mindfulness and meditation, you know, you go, okay, am I, am I on the right path? And you look around at your life. Like for me, I know that I'm surrounded with JC right. and my girlfriend and JC's wife and my other friends, all, you know, who I won't name here, but I've got this really crazy solid tribe of just fucking amazing people. Powerful support system. Powerful, positive, and I don't mean bullshit positive, right? I mean, like legit. Where they smile in your face and stab you in the back. No, I'm, I mean people who. No, be- where they don't smile in your face. No, yeah, and people they who still stab you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pe- people who be like, bro, you're fucking off. You're not, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, get your shit together and and do this right. You know, but who 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 love you and uplift you and you're all part of this big symbiotic organism yep. that is a positive tribe. Um, whenever you get into that into that place, you know you you uh, you don't have to do it all on your own. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to speak on that real quick. Yep. Because I definitely, a one-man show, one-man podcast. I do everything. Yeah, I know. Uh, and, and I, You're superhuman. It's not good. I can't believe how much shit you do. I need to you know how much trouble it is to fucking... I, I can't believe... Well, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, it's dude, a lot. I, dude, I got a whole team of people trying to make this shit happen, and it wears me out. You do it by yourself. It's crazy. Yeah, I need to learn to delegate because I need... This is a mass... This is... Studio I'm in right now, it's beautiful. I need to step my game up. And by me doing everything, I don't have a studio. I don't have employees. I don't have an awesome team like this. You're talking everything. And this is why it's good to have this kind of like this kind of fellowship, this kind of this kind of discussion. People need to know this two sides of the same spectrum and see how Adam's talking about having that support network, having that family, having that tribe that helps him get this message out there. I am the tribe. I'm the beacon that people come to. And that's why I'm like, I need to learn to delegate so that when people do come, I can give them a place. Uh give them a place to come to and I think that's just like a strange thing for me because I've I've always been that person where people come and confide in me and tell me you know hey EJ I'm, I'm, I'm upset about this like hey can you can you talk to me about this like I'm, I'm I'm working through some stuff do you have some time to talk yeah for sure I think I need to work on the thing and I'm, I'm not sure if this is just like a it's not a leadership thing I need to work on being able to let people in and then at the same time, like being being able to bear that. Face. You're trying to pour from an empty cup, brother. We talk about this all the time. You can't pour from an empty cup, and it goes back to what we've been saying for two days. You know, you you uh, you accept the love that you think you deserve. You got it. And uh, you motherfucker are like the prime candidate for that advice that you gave me. I know. You know what I mean? Um, and we. Every one of us, everyone listening to this, everyone who's going to ever listen to this is in that same boat to one degree or another. And uh, there's that healer archetype. There's that healer archetype. You know, people who are particularly the empaths, you know, we're sort of locked in that place where yep. we, want to, we want to assume the, um, the, the troubles and ails of, of, uh, of, of the sick, hungry, and ignorant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to be there for everybody. But you, you've got to... You gotta fill your own cup. So you gotta you can, find people that want to be there for you too. Yeah, you you have to. You know, you could just sit up on a rock and be like, "I'm the dude. I got this. I'm gonna take care of everybody." What happens if I trip? Who's gonna take care of me? Yeah, man. I fall down that rock. I break my damn leg. You gotta do that. I um, you know, I I've got a friend who, uh, I I made through Instagram and we became very very close and uh, you know, we met a couple times and and just a phenomenal human being and and they called me up you know, out of nowhere. And they were like, Hey man, I need to talk to you about some stuff. And I was elated. I was like, great. I'm glad that I can be there for you. And this person was like, man, you know, it's maybe weird for me to call you, you know, because I don't live anywhere near you. We're not lifelong friends, but I have an issue. I have some stuff I need to talk to you about. And you create the space for me, you know, for people to come to you. And I just needed to. And, and this person is, like you, like me, like JC, like a lot of people listening to this, this is a person who is that guy yep. for everybody, you know, and who doesn't go seeking out people for support and, and looking for people for, um, to, to help, to help themselves through, through life. I'm thankful that I was able to be that person, but hopefully what they realized is doing it on your own ain't the answer anyway. Yes. It's not it. 
don't be afraid to go seek people out. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to be part of a wolf pack because being a lone wolf doesn't be, you know, call it being tough or masculine or whatever it takes, you know, but, or whatever it is, but, but that ain't it. We're here to be part of a, a tribe. We're you, communal people. You were a lone wolf. Now you're three lone wolves. I know it's, it's, this is, this has <laughs> always been a thing. I'm not going to lie. This is, this is uh, I think like my lifetime, my lifelong journey, the same way I'm like, I got to learn mastery and self-discipline. I got to learn to fully trust people and work with them. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to work with them. I don't trust them. They yeah. can show me their face. And that's what I was saying before. Like they, they show me the side of them that they would like for me to work with. And sometimes it's evil and sometimes it's bad, but that's okay. I'll still work with them. I think I need to take that extra step and say, you know, and, and, and pull people in. I just have a hard time, period, you know, because maybe you, I could use the whole archetype. Oh, I've been hurt. Oh, I've been stung or oh, broken too many times. No, the reality of the situation is most of the people that you're walking around and interacting with are not the people that you need to surround yourself with. Yeah. You know, Plain and honestly, simple. it's 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 a it's a rarity that does not occur that often. We're, we're very lucky. Uh, me and Adam have the bond that we have, but backstory to it, mm-hmm. we met long ago, um, through twenty years. Yeah, and 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 it was it was not because we ran into each other. It it was it was a, a divine appointment, in, indirect meeting, and then a, a juxtaposed just separation. Didn't see each other for ten plus years. Yeah, we were we were driving yesterday back to your house. Yeah. And you were playing, I forget which song it was by Trevor Hall. Uncle Joe. Where he was talking about having the brotherhood that understood. Woo! Mm-hmm. And I know I know that sounds like... Guys, go listen to Trevor Hall's song, Uncle Joe. I was in need of the medicine and the company of my brother. Of a brotherhood that understood. That, that, that. And it wasn't until I got into work like this that I that I realized I needed to have like a brotherhood. And I say that because I, I, I messed with some of the Proud Boys out there in New Mexico. And... You know, these are the same guys I'll be at the gym with and we'll be talking not only about America, but also about spirituality and the same things we're talking about here. And I didn't understand that, like, like the same the same way we're having this kind of fellowship here. And it's just like powerful, engaging. Yeah. And you go back to your life. You go back to normal, normal, everyday thing. And you're like, gosh, I wish I could have another conversation like this. You need to have a brothership and a fellowship that understands what you're going through because nine times out of 10, they've gone through it too. I hopped up on Instagram live. I think the, uh, a few, uh, a few days after I'd gotten back from South Carolina because I was going through some stuff. I had more people were dying around me and I got up on there on Instagram and I told people it's important that be, I, I know that because we think we're conscious, we're, we, we don't think we're supposed to feel things that we're, that we don't let ourselves really, you know, say, oh, I have problems, I need to work on this, that's actually very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because we're shooting ourselves in the foot, we're discrediting things, and we're discounting emotions that that essentially make us who we are. Sure. Prior to that, like a week or two before I had left for South Carolina, I got up on Instagram Live, and more people, people were starting to die around me. Like for two weeks, people were just dying around me. So I was just like, I I was in a state of like, I'm not gonna lie, fear. You know, 10 people died around me within like two weeks like friends and family yeah yeah and i'm like oh my god like i was worried and so jason bassler of the free thought project calls me he's just like hey man i saw your instagram i just want to check on you how you doing for the next hour you know i'm just talking i'm just talking to jason just talking to him about like 
it's not about the politics. It's not about the page. It's not about this. It's like the same thing I'm telling you. We're in a different, we're, we're in a different sphere now. You're more susceptible to certain things. You've got to learn not to be triggered, not to be, not, not to be, uh, not to fall for certain things because yeah, everything that you are experiencing is real, but how much of it do you want to let affect you? You got to learn to have that discernment and that filtration process. Well, and I think that's, that's, that's kind of what we've <clears throat> hit on, um, in, in multifacets and it kind of puts a perfect bubble on things is, is you create your reality yep. you choose who's in your life you choose what emotions you want to feel you choose what you want to pursue you choose what you want to research you yep. choose what your recreational activities are what your life is going to be and once you can take mastery of those things and understand those things see you have recognition of all of these events now you have mastery over it now you have control over it whether or not it hurts and it feels the way it feels that is going to be there but you have a recognition of it. That is the whole conversation that has been taking place. It's a conversation that we've had that is about being in control. Yes, and I have a hard time, and I think that's the true part of it all at the end of the day. I have a hard time letting go. I have a hard time, uh, not, with, not necessarily with control. I'm not a control freak. I would like to think that I'm not a control freak. No, I understand. Girlfriend might be. I'm not. I can care less. It's always, it's always the other one. Yeah, it's, it's always, always her. It's her. She's a control freak, Give not me. Shit, less. That's why she ties <laughs> the ties, bro. I can't even tie my shoes. Shit. Uh, <laughs> she did a good job with your hair, though. She really did. Yeah, you guys can thank my girlfriend, who was white, for doing this. That's right. I'm with a, I'm with a white girl. I don't know. That, that's Interracial some, couple, dude. Yeah, but I've been Ooh. with her since high school, so it's not even, Ooh. it's not even a thing to me, man. Like, yeah. really. And this, this, people yeah. attach so much shit to nothing, and I'm just like, we need to stop. Yeah. We need to learn to let things be. Yeah. And this is what I'm saying. I have a problem. I have a problem. Uh, oh, I might have a problem with control. I wouldn't, I don't think I have one. I think I might need to have a problem with it so I could control more. I don't care. And that might be like the, the other aspect of it. You do a good job of controlling your thoughts. So yeah. it's, it's enough in, in, in the conversations we've had, you know, you're at least aware enough of those. And yeah. that's really where it all starts. We, um, we have got to wrap this up for now. For now. For now. And um, okay. let, let me just say, so we're, we're going to close this out. I hope you guys love your hosts because this is some amazing content that you will not get anywhere else. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. That's EJ. Oh, thank you, man. That's EJ from Freedom Faction. If you guys are not following Freedom Faction on Instagram and on Facebook, um, it's my favorite alternative news outlet that there is. He's a great guy uh, and wonderful information. Listen. Uh, we this has been a four part series, and we have killed it. It's been I don't know seven eight eight hours of conversation over the last two days with uh, with two awesome guys. Yeah, and then me. Three <laughs> three <laughs> awesome guys. As I'd say your math is off, man. Your math is off. Yeah, uh, and uh, we're gonna get this. We're gonna get this whole this whole conversation broken up into I think four videos of about an hour and a half a piece. We'll drip feed it to you day by day. Yeah, and we'll yep. get it. We'll get it out over the next week or so. So please make sure that you're subscribed on YouTube to the Shamanic Philosophy channel, and then on iTunes and SoundCloud at the Wayfinder Podcast. Okay, it's gonna be incredible. Episode one was kick ass. I don't remember all what we talked about because we it, my brain's still blown. 
episode two, we talked about psychedelics. I think it's one of the best conversations yeah. on psychedelics that exists on the internet. I agree. I'm a, a, holistically looking at the the where's and why's and the, how's the and what's all the different dimensionality the of, of of the psychedelic experience and the benefits and it's a, it's a great it's a great conversation on psychedelics. Um, episode three builds on that. Episode with three killed it. What our understanding of our reality. Yes. The 3D realm that we live in, or 4D. I don't know what they consider what we're operating in. Is three it, or is four. Three I'm, or four. They, they usually three. say three. It depends yeah. on who. Three. Fourth, <laughs> they say the fourth dimension is what, time. What EJ has done is yeah. break the fourth wall on your own life. <laughs> and go, hey, <laughs> nice. for 50 or 60 years, we've been studying, we're aware of, and here's what you need to know about. So there's important conversations. There are important links. There are documents that we are going to touch on. Yeah. You, you brought the truth hard blew my mind, started to make sense of things that we have had private conversations about that aren't things that we just found out on our own. These these are actual um, experiments. These Take are things pick. that are happening around you on your day-to-day -day basis yes. every day. That's what Freedom Faction is, is. It's exposing things that you're not aware of that you need to be aware of that they're not going to tell you about. That's it. Yes. Yeah. Great summary. Yeah. That's it. I see mainstream media and I go the other way. Yeah, yeah. Here's all the shit they're not they're not telling you. Um, R. R. Kelly happened. Well, look at the World Government Summit. Did you see what Pope Francis said? Exactly. Nobody, <laughs> nobody did. Nobody did. Yeah, no. Oh, you're worried about a little kid with a red MAGA hat? Did you see that the uh, world elite were meeting in Davos, Switzerland, to talk about global inequality? Yeah, screw that kid with the MAGA hat. There's stuff going on. Yep. Yeah. That's it. So go follow Freedom Faction on Instagram and Facebook, YouTube. Yep. Yep. We're on YouTube too. On YouTube as well. And again. Uh, all four parts of this um, unbelievable four-part series are going to be on uh, the Shamanic Philosophy YouTube channel in the next week. Freedom Faction will have those up uh, along the way as well. So um, you'll have it all. Uh, make sure that you do get those on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud. All of you guys that are getting the Instagram live right now, the audio and video on those is going to be tremendous. You're going to love it. And um, there's going to be more to come because this whole meeting was so... Oh, yeah. I'm so coming back. Ass. Yeah, yeah. He'll be, he'll be back. Oh, I'm coming back, bro. We'll do this again. Uh, we love you guys so much. We do this for you, and we appreciate all of the, uh, the, the reciprocal energy, the questions, the participation. You guys like, share, subscribe. Um, and as long as we know that you guys are, are interested and that you're benefiting from this, we're going to keep doing it. So, love you guys. And on that note, we're going to sign out. May the light be upon you. May peace be within you. May you be a sun on the paths of all men. That's it for today, guys. Have a kick-ass week. Love you. Goodbye. Later. Later.